Welcome to the ACO Show, a podcast that explores the changing landscape of American healthcare as seen from the point of view of one company trying to change healthcare from a system that rewards the volume of services provided to a system that rewards providers for keeping patients healthy. Today, our hosts will be speaking with Ahmed Haq, who is Allidade's Vice President of Network Performance and Strategy. Ahmed will talk about how Allidade has chosen to work primarily with independent primary care physicians as the best way to align healthcare with what is good for patients rather than large hospital systems. He also shares some great insights into what goes into starting an ACO, Accountable Care Organization. Thank you to our producers, Francis Bentley and Aaron Wing, and enjoy the ACO show. Ahmed Hawk, the Senior Vice President for Performance and Strategy here at Allidade. Uh, Ahmed, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, we'd love to start with a little bit of your background. I know you've done some diverse things in healthcare and elsewhere. What did you do before coming to Allidade? Well, most recently, I come from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, where I had the privilege of intersecting health information technology with new payment models. Uh, So the three years that I was at HHS, I spent a couple of those years with the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT, where I worked on uh, national projects related to um, health IT adoption and implementation uh, around the interoperability of uh, health information and uh, electronic health records and meaningfully using those those EHRs. And I also had uh, an opportunity to work at the CMS Innovation Center, where I helped in the design and implementation of several care delivery and payment models that we have today. But you have a technical background originally, right? That's right. So when I first started out, I uh, started out in uh, information technology. My bachelor's degree is in computer information systems, and uh, I I thought I was going to be a uh, IT and data geek. And um, one thing led to another, and I transitioned into uh, healthcare, working on uh, quality and cost issues. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics of, of what goes on at Allidade. Uh, for people who know about Allidade, for those who actually do, there, there's often an assumption that we are an accountable care organization, uh, but we aren't exactly. Can you talk about the structure of how Allidade is set up? Sure. So Allidade is an enabler of independent practices around the country. So we uh, are an organization that will come in and uh, partner and align incentives with practices and form ACOs, multiple ACOs around the country. So number one, we uh, help form the governance structure within our ACOs. So for example, uh, take Maryland. Uh, we, We came in, we formed an ACO, we brought together independent practices and we created a virtual home for these practices and that governance structure is really important because you have multiple disparate practices that are very used to being their own bosses the physicians 
And now we're bringing them together and saying, you're still independent, you still make your own decisions, but now you're working within a network of other providers uh, to provide care effectively for the population uh, in the community, population of patients in the community. The other thing Allidate brings is capital. It does cost money to start up an ACO and to run an ACO, and it may be a couple of years before the ACO starts generating shared savings. And that upfront cost um, is, is quite sizable. And, and with Allidate's um, venture capital, we're, we're allowed to, um, it allows us to make investments uh, appropriately. Uh, in the ACO, as well as tools and supports. Uh, just by having an ACO set up and uh, officially being uh, deemed as an ACO is not enough. You gotta have the right playbook, you gotta have the right data-driven, technology-driven tools, and you gotta have the right boots on the ground support. So these ACOs are really physician-led? Purely physician-led. Uh, each of our ACOs are uh, independently um, operated and, and uh, they're independent organizations that are set up across the country. And uh, we have uh, physicians across all of our practices who have seats on the board of directors of the ACOs where they carry fiduciary responsibilities. And we always thought that was important for our physician autonomy and for physician satisfaction that these be um, physician-led, and we had a hypothesis that it would be more conducive to savings. And now there's been some data released by Medicare supporting that. You know, you know, why, why do you think it's important that, that these be physician-led? You know, uh, when we first started the company, we, we had that exact theory where um, who has the most skin in the game to control costs and quality for a patient? Um, Primary care doctors represent about 4 or 5% of total cost of care for the patient, but they have a tremendous amount of influence on the rest of the spend. So where a patient goes to receive care and how often they go uh, and what services they receive. Uh, and that, that control, that influence uh, is, is really important. Um, and what we're really trying to do here is put the PCP back um, in, in a quarterback role within healthcare. The data has shown, recent data that has come out, that physician-led ACOs are twice as likely to achieve uh, success, shared savings, than, than hospital-led ACOs. And when you approach providers, uh, we talked about the, the key aspect of being physician-led from the Allidate business model. Um, how do you explain this complex concept? So, um, A, I have, to, I have to, two parts here. What percentage of folks that you approach um, know anything about value-based care or ACOs? And you can you can handle that however you, you like. And then, if they know anything uh, at all, um, what are the barriers then to explaining it and getting them on board in that crucial building phase? I'll take the first question first. Um, th there is a growing level of awareness and understanding in the physician community about ACOs, especially as you know Medicare enters into its you know fifth or sixth year in in the ACO program. There is there is a growing understanding of what the Medicare ACO program is like, and locally, the commercial payers and and others are also developing their own versions of value-based contracts and ACOs. So um, today, compared to three or four years ago, it's it's become a lot easier in, in having those conversations. But 
principally, uh, you can call it ACOs or you can call it managed care or HMO, but the concept is generally the same, which is paying for outcomes rather than paying for volume-based care. Um, and with MACRA kicking in and with SGR going away a few years ago, the, the trend is, is you know, very, very sound, which is all payers, not just Medicare, is very interested in transitioning away from uh, volume-based care to value-based care. So that's how we explain it. I don't think we uh, need to go uh, very deep uh, from a policy or technical standpoint. And, and if the physicians that are more inclined and ask us to go in more depth, we do. But generally, we try to keep it as high level as possible and make it very uh, meaningful. Like, what is the impact to them and the impact to their revenue uh, as, as practices, as, as small business owners? What is the impact to them? And not just short-term, but long-term is how we approach it. So it's a trending, you know, you get ahead of this trend that's already underway, ride the wave, so to speak. Correct. Okay. When we're talking about the healthcare system, what comes to mind for me, I'm from the Boston area, and the story about how the roads got created there, I don't know if you've heard this, is that there was a central a cow grazing area, the Boston Common, and the trails that the cows would take to get there got laid down as paths, and when it came time to put in roads, they just paved those. And to me, that's what the healthcare system often seems like, that nobody would have created this sort of atomized system of scattered practitioners, um, and that if you would think about what would lead to best care, I think for most people, you'd think a large clinically integrated network, but we've been learning and seeing that they have conflicting financial pressures that make it really hard to control costs in a fee-for-service system. Um, and it's just fascinating to see that in the end, this scattered system of primary care practitioners who don't stand to benefit from increased uh, admissions or increased procedures really are gonna be a linchpin to controlling costs. How do you talk to physicians or providers who are thinking of joining about what to expect in, in being in an accountable care organization? That's a, that's a really good question. So we're as I mentioned before, we're looking at lots of quantitative data before we make decisions which market uh, to go into, which practices to partner with. Uh, but we're also um, spending a lot of time having conversations and that qualitative piece is very important uh, because it doesn't so much matter um, how a practice historically performed. What matters more is what is their willingness moving forward to change. Um, and I think for the longest time, we've gotten used to the, uh, you know, the saying, this is the way we've always done it. Um, and it's not necessarily true that the way we've always done it is the right way. And what we're bringing to the table now is uh, a new way of looking at how do we develop, how do we deliver care uh, where, where we're maximizing and everyone's working at the top of their skill set. And we're working in a smarter way and not in a harder way. So we're focused more on the higher risk patients. We're focused on, uh, we're in this transitionary period, obviously, from volume to value. So we are focused on uh, fee-for-services, uh, fee-for-service-related services, but we want to focus on the right ones. We want to focus on the ones that actually drive towards uh, outcomes. And, uh, you know, that's the path that we're really developing right now. We've talked a bit about the practices now and how you build the ACOs, um, but you just briefly touched on um, the land grab for independent practices. And, and Allidade partners 
primarily with independent primary care providers. Um, so why not, why can't we or why don't we partner with hospital employed, um, healthcare system linked or employed providers? What's that, where does that model come from? Um, we will partner with anyone that's driven to providing high value care um, and not churning fee for service. So if we're able to find any group that's committed to uh, providing the right care at the right time at the right place and committed to keeping um, mom and, and, and grandma uh, healthy and at home, then we want to partner with them. And independent primary care providers are particularly well positioned, we think, to do that. And it comes back to financial alignment and financial incentive. So uh, the independent doctor who is also a small business owner who knows uh, her or his uh, revenue source is changing away from fee-for-service to value-based care, they're going to shift the way in which they provide care. And this shift is not a major shift. Uh, It is what they went to medical school for, right? It is the oath that they've taken. It is the type of care that they've always wanted to provide. Uh, And and we're just enabling them to do that. You know, my own background uh, is in uh, general surgery. I was a general surgery resident before leaving to do policy and then uh, technology work. Um, and Allidaid, uh has an evolving strategy for dealing with specialists, people like general surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, and, and medical subspecialties. Um, can you talk us through that? Like, how do you think through the, the specialist interactions? Sure. You know, to be a successful ACO, um, we just can't focus on inside the four walls of our practices. Uh, The patients are receiving care from multiple providers in the healthcare community, and we're fully aware of that and we recognize that. And as part of our success, as part of our work as an ACO, uh, it's important that we are coordinating care with all providers uh, in the community. So uh, we're actively partnering with our emergency departments at the hospital, and we're actively partnering with uh, the inpatient departments at the hospitals. And more importantly, we're actively partnering with the specialists in the community. Um, As part of our value-based contracts, whether it's Medicare or, or other payers, we are getting total claims data, and that allows us to look at trends like utilization and quality and cost and how many visits and with whom. Uh, And that allows us the ability to put together customized scorecards and reports. And and when we're out there in the community, when we're meeting with specialists, we take that data with us. And uh, we have conversations like you've been a great you know, referral partner for us. And uh, just like we're trying to find ways of making ourselves more efficient and improving, uh, we're bringing some data to share with you on how how we're looking at the quality of your practice, how we're looking at the efficiency or costs of your practice, and how that measures against other specialists, similar specialists in the community. How about bringing specialists into the ACL as part of the provider base? Uh, you know, um, as Part of being a successful ACO, what what we're really striving for is to manage the total cost of a patient, Um, managing their transitions from in and out of the ER or hospital uh, or other providers, uh, 
and if it's a high-risk patient, patients with multiple chronic conditions that need an extra level of touch and support, we're putting them in our care management program. Um, and that comprehensive care is, is what we're really striving for. And um, we do have, uh, in, in one of our markets, we're piloting an approach where we have a couple specialists in the ACO. And it's, it's, a, it's a pilot that's working. Uh, I, I can see us expanding that. Uh, but we're, what we're really striving for is that, that whole person approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the specialty model, we're trying to find a way in which we can embed that within the primary care structure, uh, as opposed to having it as a standalone part of the ACO. It makes sense. And I, I wonder also as whether the specialists will be later in the trend line than some of the primary care docs for that. So, you know, we've talked on um, previously about bundles and how that impacts people like orthopedic surgeons. Um, and as more, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to dismantle that stuff. So we're going to get more and more of those forces impacting the uh, reimbursement structures for specialists as well. And I think they're going to start looking for uh, ways to to get ahead of that, um, but but it's evolving nationwide, not just here at Alabama. That's right, and and the challenges of independent primary care practices are uh, no different for the independent specialty mm-hmm. practices. Uh, they're they're de- dealing with um, similar challenges, and they want to be part of a stronger network. They're also fearing uh, buyout. Um, Etc. Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. We we need to find a better way of integrating it uh, in a meaningful way, uh, where where the primary care is more upstream and the specialist is more downstream. And Ahmed, we've talked now a good bit about uh, why the financial alignment is there that makes small independent primary care practices a good fit for accountable care organizations. How about the challenges of working with small practices? You, you know, you mentioned that sometimes they need help with capital. Um, what else comes up that's, that makes that challenging? Yeah, I've said this a couple times already, and, and I'll say it again. Like they're not they're not just physicians, but they're also small business owners. And uh, when when you're going from one exam room to the next, seeing patients throughout the day, uh, you also need time to to uh, give attention to your business as well. Uh, you know, some of the challenges, uh, other than you know the the policy and regulatory changes. Uh, that are happening in the marketplace, which they need to react to. Um, other challenges are uh, just more infrastructure, right? So the cost of computers, the cost of printers, so just the information technology that they have in their practices, uh, and not just the purchasing uh, of the equipment, but it's also the maintenance of that. Uh, there's also um, uh, just more marketing. Uh, many of our practices have uh, uh, opportunities to add additional uh, patients uh, to their panel, uh, and these practices are looking for support on building a website and building a listserv and uh, developing a marketing campaign, whether it's through social media or other things, and, and, and we're helping our practices with that. Um, it's, it's also interesting that these practices, some of the, some of the premiums that they pay, whether it's on um, uh, you know, uh, medical malpractice or whether it's on waste or, or even on supplies, uh, healthcare insurance, uh, when they were purchasing it before, they were purchasing it as 
independent practices, right? So the the n the number was relatively small, uh, but a but a new product that we're creating here at Alidate is around group purchasing, where uh, we can have economies of scale, we can have more practices come together and, and purchase things in bulk and, and get a discounted price. You know, I say this as somebody who, who had a practice, you know, physicians in the fee-for-service world are essentially very well-paid peace workers. Um, how do you, um, what do you experience as challenges for f- providers? What do you hear about the, the biggest difficulties in the transition from fee-for-service, you know, getting paid for every specific thing you do to getting paid for outcomes. Do you hear consistent themes? Yeah, one of the, one of the big challenges we had before, and, and it's progressively getting better for us, is around access, right? It's um, patients in the, in the historical or, or traditional model, uh, the patients call, they schedule an appointment, um, and and the person on the phone gives first available or or you know a schedule that works for the patient, and the doctor sees the patient and provides services. Um, so it's a lot of reactive care, right? Patient coming to the doctor. Uh, the paradigm shift here is more proactive care. It is um, more calls going outbound from the practice rather than inbound. It is reaching out to the chronically ill patients. It is reaching out to the um, uh, patients that are uh, uh, frequently visiting the ER, uh, reaching out to patients that are being discharged from the hospital to follow up on their care. Uh, So that is is a uh, shift that we're going through uh, right now. That is a great example of one of the biggest challenges, which is that one person's healthcare savings is somebody else's decrease in salary. And particularly that's true, our goal is to keep people healthy enough that they don't need to go to the hospital. Uh, you talked about access so that they could get in to see their provider or not have to go to the ER. That naturally can lead to a decrease in revenue for a, a hospital system. So what does that end up with as Allidate's relationship with hospitals? Or is Allidate at war with hospitals? Do we collaborate with them? How, how, do, you, how do you see it? Allidate is not at war with the hospitals at all. And, you know, many hospitals around the country um, also have their own ACOs. And I have personal relationships with, uh, with, with the executive directors of those ACOs, and they mean, they mean well. Uh, the folks that are running the ACOs want their ACOs to be successful. Obviously, they've put their name and reputation on the line in their communities uh, in which they serve, uh, and they're trying their very best uh, for those to make those ACOs successful. The challenge is when you when you climb up the ladder uh, in the hospitals and. Uh, when, when you actually discover what the true intent of having the ACO is, uh, that's, that's when you run into a little bit of a squabble. Um, you know, from an Allidate perspective, we want to know and, and, and influence uh, and manage our patients uh, throughout their healthcare journey within the community, whether they're in the ER or the hospital or the practice or with the specialist or dialysis. We want to, first of all, know where our patients are, and we want to do a good job in coordinating the care of those patients. So, um, you know, our relationship with hospitals mainly is to uh, interact with and coordinate care of the patients with the emergency departments and with the inpatient departments. Um, We do have... uh, 
more more strategic relationships with some of our hospitals and and some of those go well and, and again some of the other ones are, are not so well especially with those hospitals that um, choose not to share data with us uh, on on when patients are being admitted and being discharged and that makes it difficult for us to follow up on the patient's care after a discharge if we're not getting data in a timely manner or in some cases not getting data at all. Ahmed, when you're in the startup world, uh, really anywhere in business, you think about what your competitors are doing and what the competitor uh, landscape looks like. Um, I've thought about this a lot for us here at Allidade, and you know, I'm curious to get your perspective. Who do you see as our main competitor? And you know, in the listing, in my mental listing of this, I've gone through um, other ACO companies, hospital-based ACOs, hospitals purchasing practices, or simply you know, the, the so-called status quo, just doing nothing, keeping your practice as it is, uh, trying to, to, to make payroll and, and, and cover your costs as a practice. But um, who do you see as our, our main competitor here? You know, overall, uh, I'd say our competition are other ACOs in the marketplace. Um, and while we could, you know, for, for sake of this conversation, call them as, as competition, I personally welcome uh, other ACOs in the marketplace because when we're all working together, um, you know whether uh, it, you can call it competition or or friendly competition, it only forces us to get better, right? And forces us to provide better services and forces us to look out for the patients better. So um, while many ACOs that I speak with uh, across the Allidate network um, refer to us as competition. I actually welcome it because it makes us better and our results get better as we have more competition. You know, given just the challenge of getting people to switch from the fee-for-service mindset to value-based outcome, just anybody out there engaging in the competition is probably good for all of us. Absolutely. Ahmed, this has been fantastic. It's really uh, interesting to hear how uh, the nitty-gritty operational side of building ACOs and then driving them to um, the highest performance they possibly can for docs, for patients, for everybody. So thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Ahmed. That was great.